This is Aisha Siddiqui with Andrew Small uh, discussing his paper, Returning to the Shadows, China, Pakistan, and the Fate of CPAC. Um, Andrew, I'm curious that if CPAC is uh, slowing down, as you've argued in your paper, uh, what does it mean for the larger India-China conflict in, in Ladakh? I mean, how do you see it in the backdrop of that? Well, I mean, I think it had been slowing down very significantly. It is it is operating on on a diminished scale. Um, but I think the the Indian take on this was was never necessarily um, focused on you know whether you had tremendous economic energy behind the thing, whether there were uh, a whole series of of successful industrial zones or, or any of the things that I think have been the internal concern. I think the question there was would CPEC fuse with the kind of traditional military dimensions of the Sino-Pakistani relationship and have some kind of material implications there, um, either in terms of changing the status quo in Gilgit-Baltistan, um, infrastructure that might affect military logistics, um, or simply the additional sort of heightened presence of Chinese security personnel and projects of strategic importance in Pakistan um, itself that, that, that may in certain contingencies mean that the, the kind of greatest concern on India's side, the kind of two front war scenario uh, would be something that would be more likely. Um, so I think Indian concerns have tended, you know, aside from the, the, the sort of more uh, routinized sovereignty concerns being expressed about it to be more specifically focused on some of those security Security matters rather than whether you know it's a twenty-five billion dollar project or a sixty billion dollar project. How? What was the the actual uh, worth of the project? I mean, how big was it? Do we have numbers? So the most reliable figures we've we have tended to come from uh, the Chinese embassy. Actually, um, they've tended to be much more conservative, and they're focused on just the projects that have moved ahead or have been completed, rather than these bigger numbers, which are really all the projects that are under negotiation. Um, and the latest figure from the embassy there is um, is about twenty five billion dollars. It was at nineteen billion dollars pretty much since late twenty seventeen. Um, so I, I think that seems from what I understand from the World Bank and others on this to be roughly accurate. You can go 5 billion up, 5 billion down, but I think that's the kind of territory that we're we're in, which is, of course, lower than the $46 billion number or the $60 billion number or the $62 billion number or some of the other ones that are still often cited as the kind of standard uh, figures for, for what CPEC will add up to. So if China pulls out or China reduces its economic presence, what about what happens to Gwadar? Would it still continue? Because what I imagine is that, you know, Xi uh, Jinping is is planning a visit to Pakistan and, uh, you know, Gavadar is still chugging along. Well, I mean, so it, it's still an increase, of course, in the scale of Chinese economic presence in Pakistan. There's, there's no question about that. I mean, it's still tens of billions of dollars worth of, of, of projects, uh, still adds up to quite a lot, even if it's not doesn't achieve the sort of transformation agenda, game changer sort of thing that was being talked about in the first place. Um, Gwadar has proceeded very slowly um, of all the kind of different constituent parts of, of CPEC. It's, it's lagged behind uh, quite a bit in terms of a lot of the important infrastructure being built up around the port. It is now connected, of course, mm-hmm. by road to the Pakistani interior in a way that it, it wasn't. Um, but there's been an additional push to kind of close out some of those projects in in uh, even just in the last few months. The, 
airport. Um, you know, at the moment, it can only receive these very small planes. Um, but it needs to be a kind of functioning commercial entity that has, you know, uh, a, a regular power supply that works, all of these sorts of things. And that it's, it's still not there yet. And the security issues have, have, have not gone away. Um, so I don't think you necessarily get a big jump uh, forward with, with Guadar in time for Xi Jinping to come. I think you'll get a couple of new big projects, the ML1 railway line and things like that, that should be moving ahead. And I think there'll be enough of a story to say that um, there's still momentum behind it and it hasn't slowed down, it hasn't failed because that's the biggest concern that, that China has, really the image around the whole thing as much as the substance of it. Um, but Guadar still looks as if it's many years away from being anything particularly viable and all the question marks around it, I think, are still there. But eventually, you know, if you see a heightened activity uh, between uh, China and Pakistan, the military activity at least, uh, in the backdrop of the conflict in Ladakh uh, between China and India. Uh, so, you know, where do you see that? I mean, do you think that uh, there is a connection between CPEC and, and, and the military cooperation between the two countries? Um, I, I think the military cooperation between China and Pakistan has its own track. The military now does have a much more active role um, on CPEC. Um, and so, and, and it's always been kind of, CPEC has been intended as part of the wider upgrade of the China-Pakistan relationship. Um, uh, and, and, and so I, I think that there is, a, there is a sort of set of interconnections between uh, these, these different spheres. Um, but I, I think it just hasn't fully proceeded in, in, in the way that China would have um, wanted, which, which I think was to make this a less military-centric um, uh, set of projects in, in the first instance. I, I think in many ways we're, we're coming back to the traditional China-Pakistan relationship in, in that regard. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you uh, for highlighting these things.